This morning I want to speak to you on workman's comp. Workman's compensation. Anybody here ever get workman's compensation? It's a wonderful thing when you've been injured and wounded and you need some help. Typically when you've been wounded and injured on the job uh, and you can no longer work, there go the finances, there go the support, you're worried about your bills, your house payments, everything else, and workman's comp can come through and, and give you the strength and the aid that you need. So what I want to speak to you this morning is about workman's comp, the sufficiency of God's grace. There's a situation in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I'll read you the, the situation with Paul. Paul starts in 2 Corinthians 12, he, he uh, very importantly does not want to brag or boast about his situation. You'll find out in a minute why. But he tells of a man that he knew who ascended into the third heavens. That's the throne room of God. If you've been here on Wednesdays, you know that we've been talking about spiritual uh, warfare and boundaries. And the third heavens is the throne room and presence of God. And, and Paul says, I know a man. And he begins to speak in first person. We know it's him. He just doesn't want to take any boast he said, I've seen things and heard things no man has ever seen or heard. I imagine if you go to heaven, you're going to see things and witness things that are going to be pretty astounding. Give me a second in heaven and oh my goodness, right? We're going to have eternity there. So Paul says that he had seen these things and he goes on to say that the Lord, in order that he would not boast put a spirit, uh, well, he called it a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to buffet him so that he would not fall into pride. You know, I've heard, I don't know about you, but I've heard different preachers and different pastors who go on a litany, a big list of all their achievements and all their spiritual insights and all of their degrees and everything else so that, you know, you'd think better of them. Uh, God purposely did this to keep Paul in line. And he goes on and he says this, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. How many times? Three. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That is why, for the sake of Christ, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Here he is, buffeted, uh, struggling in persecution and in pain, begging for relief, and his compensation is the grace of God. You know, I don't know about you, I don't know about your prayer life, but sometimes I want more than what I think is an answer. My grace is sufficient. Could use some cash, could use some healing, right? So, I mean, I needed to look into this a little further, and the thing I really grabbed me was what Paul said. Three times I pleaded, strong word, I begged. God, 
Have you ever begged God for anything? Yeah. And you didn't get the answer the first time, or at least the answer you thought you should have. So you begged again. I don't think it's wrong to beg. People say, you're a son of God, this and that. You know what? It gets to the place where life gets so raw, I beg. Job got to such a place, his beg and his plead was, just give me the counsel of heaven. I don't understand what's going on. I just need to get to talk to God. He begged three times. And so if Paul was a beggar in prayer, I think we can be a beggar in prayer. We need to ask God. There are some of you here today and some of you listening this morning that you're on your second beg. Maybe some of you on your 10th beg. Maybe a thousand. You know, I know testimonies of people who have fallen away from the faith, who have walked away from the faith because they begged and they begged God to change or take away something in me. And God didn't answer the prayer the way they wanted and in their begging they felt their God didn't answer, God doesn't care. And so they got angry with God because he just doesn't answer. People asking God, take this addiction away from me. God, take this, this wrestling in my soul that I'm having over my gender identity. Take away the pills. Take away the alcohol. Take away this lust. Take away my wife or my husband. <laughs> A lot of begging going on. Take away... We want God to remedy the situation. We want an easier path, so we beg God. Now, some of you, we're, we're begging God, take the cancer away. We're begging and pleading God, God, please, take the paralysis. We, we've seen what you can do. God, we know you can heal, and we beg and we ask of God. He says, make all your prayers and supplications known to God. There's nothing wrong with asking and begging of God. Listen to my plea. But the key here is to listen for a response. Paul said that there was a thorn in his flesh. Anybody ever have a pebble in your shoe? Ever, any, anybody ever like clip the tags off your pants, but you forgot the little plastic piece that's still there? And it's like, bothering you a thorn in your side is an irritation a constant irritation that you just want to get rid of and he says it was a messenger from satan so if it's a messenger from satan i know it wasn't pleasant it was an accuser how many of you Fight that battle with that stinking voice of the enemy in your head. You're worthless. You're not worth anything. You'll never amount to anything. You can't get anything right. What a loser. Ah, that messenger of Satan, that thorn in the flesh. With Paul, it was people who would follow after wherever he preached. And they would go after and they would try to corrupt his doctrine in the churches. 
He's giving birth to churches. And these people were coming back saying they were super apostles and they had the revelation of God and Paul was wrong. And they're starting to try to infect those infant churches with false doctrine. Paul calls false doctrine the doctrines of demons. And it was just killing him and he's begging God, do something about this. And so God said, here's your answer. Grace. What is grace? What does that mean? My grace is sufficient. What grace? My salvation? By grace I am saved? Okay, I'm saved, but my life stinks. What, what do you mean by this? And first of all, what's most important is he, is he said, he said to me, so Paul was listening. I mean, a lot of times we beg, we don't get the answer, but we stop listening. Grace does not begin to move. First of all, grace, the Greek word is charis. It means gift. It is the gift of God. And what about this grace? This grace, he says, is his power. The dunamos power of God. It's a gift of power. So what he's saying is, I am going to give you a charis, I'm going to give you a gifting, an impartation of power if you understand how to function in this grace gift, you will find power and strength to what? Overcome the situation. But what we want is him to take it away. Can you imagine if when you were training your children up that you took every obstacle out of their way? You never let them fall. You always caught them. Never let them get hurt, never injured, never corrected them when they were wrong. You didn't want them to experience any trouble. What would you get? A culture like today. And many times what we do is we've rescued too often people out of their dilemma. There are times, uh, many of you don't remember this, but there used to be a time we had altar calls. <laughs> With COVID, <laughs> it's been a while since, because all snot's running and we're crying and we're laying hands on each other. I, I want to get back to that. How about you? There are times when we'd have altar calls and people would be ministering and people would be down here and they're weeping and people would come up and go, no, but don't cry, it's okay, stop. And I'd tell them, leave them alone! Leave them alone! God is doing His work. God is doing a deep work and it hurts because they found their weakness. Grace is cultivated in our weakness. Because if you think you're self-sufficient, you won't turn to His grace. If you are self-empowered, you will lean on your own understanding instead of His. You'll stop listening. God gets us to a place where when we are begging, when we are crying out, He's saying, I will give you the power to overcome. I'm not going to take it away. I'm going to teach you how to be an overcomer. You know, we love to be, uh, recite that verse in Romans. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We are overcomers. Of what? Define it. What are we overcoming? 
Sin and death. Well, who did that for you? Jesus. Okay, so if you're an overcomer, what are you overcoming? What should we as people overcome? Sin. Our attitudes. Our flesh. And you don't know what's in your flesh till it gets worked up. Till God exposes the flesh. And typically it's because you're in a hardship or you're in a tough situation or you're into something that's challenging your flesh. And guess what shows up? And we say, God, take it away. And he said, I've got a compensation for that. My compensation for your woundedness, for your brokenness, and for the trouble you're going through, my compensation is a power in your weakness so that you will not rely on yourself, but you will rely on me. I mean, look at how Paul lists his problems. He goes on to say this. Paul gets it, and then he says, therefore, I'm going to delight. I'm going to delight. He says, I'm going to boast. Therefore, I will boast in my weakness. Why? He discovered something about God's grace. You want to feel the richness of God's grace? Keep living this life and coming up against the enemy and your flesh, and you will need the grace of God to get through it. Find how weak you actually are but how strong in him you are, and you'll know the power of grace. Paul goes on, he says, I'm going to boast. I'm going to make my claim. I'm going to boast the grace of God. And he says, so I'm going to delight in my weakness. How many of you? Now, this is hard to do. This is hard to do because consider this. To boast in your weakness is a fine line because what was that that spirit that came after Paul, it, it was a, a messenger of Satan. So if I'm going to sit here and say how weak I am, who's going to prey on that? The enemy. Right? If I say, oh, I'm not really that much, I'm not that important, I'm a nobody. See, now the enemy can come in and bring accusation. How many of you have been on that razor's edge? But if I can say my weakness is my flesh, there is nothing good within me that is in my flesh, but, but, I am a child of God, I have the righteousness of God, and His power dwells in me. I live in the power of Christ's resurrection in me. So do you see, it's tough to understand your weaknesses, but to boast in Christ. We need to be well aware of the grace of God in every situation. So I can easily fail at something, so I need to be so utterly dependent on Jesus. So when we're self-sufficient, we're going to fail. We've got to be Christ-sufficient and rely on Him. Paul goes on, he says, I'm going to boast in my weaknesses, I'm going to boast in insults. Come on, go ahead. Insult me. Really, go ahead, insult me. Because my identity isn't based on your opinion of me. My identity is found in Christ Jesus. And I will rely on His grace and what He's called me to. I know i got a lot to work out. 
and you can insult me, and I'll agree with you probably pretty quickly. Yep, did that wrong, mm-hmm, but I'm walking in grace. God's power to keep going. And see, this is where many people quit. They've begged, they've asked for the thing to be removed. God says, I want to walk with you through it. They say, nope, forget about it, I don't want to fight. And so we walk through it with him, and what we recognize, his power is perfected in weakness. That word perfected means made complete. His power is making you complete in him because you're in a difficult situation, exposing your weakness through insults and pain and suffering, and you're finding out who you are and who you are in him. And I'm sorry, but that typically is the best way we learn. Isn't it true? The Bible says he takes the weak things, the base things of this world. Typically, the people that are saved are all the former drug addicts, alcoholics, pornographic people, adulterers, murderers. The list goes on because we've broken and found ourselves of no value except he found value in us. Ever notice how you're saved and the rest of your family isn't? Do we have anybody like that? Right? And you were the odd one out. It's because you you ran out of self-sufficiency. You came to a place where you cried out and begged God and His grace found you. And you have walked through this life by the grace of God discovering you lean on Him and not yourself. That's what we are as Christians. People saved by the grace of God. I delight in weakness. I delight in insults. I delight in hardships. I delight in persecutions. I delight in difficulties. You see, many times crises, difficulties, these issues will cause sharper vision, clearer understanding of what the problem is. We're going through it as a country right now. We're saying, oh God, fix it, take it away. Could it be? that it's exposing all the frailty and brokenness of our culture that we propped up as something wonderful? Yes, America's wonderful, but it's got an infection, a number of infections, and all of this is being exposed, and we're begging God, and guess what is sufficient to heal this thing? The grace of God, and who are the bearers of His grace? We are. A people who understand that it's not going to be the arm of flesh. It's not going to be the politicians. It's not going to be the doctors. It's not going to be anything else. The thing that America needs more than anything is the grace of God so that we will call out to him, which is our sufficiency. That's why I call this workman's comp. You're all workmen in the kingdom of God. And as you're working in the kingdom of God, you stub your toes, you get thorns in your flesh, you get slapped and insulted and persecuted. And the compensation for being a workman in the kingdom of God is the grace of God, which is sufficient. More than sufficient. Sufficient is a word that means fulfilling and completing what is necessary for that situation. But guess what? You're going to come into another situation that's going to need another sufficiency of grace. 
a different gift that has to empower you. And it's a wonderful ride, and it hurts. But what a powerful testimony of the believers of Jesus Christ who can say, I've been through that. I know what it's like to go through what you're going through. But by God's grace, I've gotten through. Do I have any overcomers here this morning who got through some troubles? Anybody that got through because the grace of God showed you your weakness and he showed up with power? I've got a few of you, don't I? And so you have a testimony to a fallen and broken world who are begging God for something. Could you tell the rest of the world where their answer comes from? The grace of God. It is sufficient. That's why Paul says, I will boast. What was he not going to boast in? His experience and his pedigree. He wasn't boasting in his identity. He was boasting in the grace of God. Boasting is worship. Boasting is praising. We are not doing enough boasting as the people of God. We're not boasting about God who showed up because we're too worried about our image of ourselves. Half the time we're not witnessing because we're more concerned on how people would think about us. They may reject us. That's not boasting in the grace of God. Stop being concerned about your image and about what people would think of you if you witness or ask them about Jesus and tell them and boast about what God did for you. It's not about you. Paul said, I'm going to boast. Still got, ah, these people are still following me. But do you understand what God did through this grace? Through this grace that Paul now boasts about, that the sufficiency of his grace, he came to an understanding. If they're going to come into all these churches that I've been laying a foundation in and try to disrupt them and corrupt their doctrine, I'm going to write letters to them. I'm going to tell them what the right doctrine is. And I'm going to write to the church at Thessalonica. I'm going to write to the church at Colossae. I'm going to write to Titus. I'm going to write to Timothy. Oh, I'd better write a long letter to Corinth. And I'm going to write a letter to the Romans. And as I send these letters out, what was an affliction, a thorn in the flesh, something he begged for God to not allow any longer, God used it to get his writer, his theologian, to put two-thirds of the New Testament in letters out to the churches so that you and I would benefit from his troubles. That's awesome. So what if God just took away his thorn in the flesh? We wouldn't have the heritage that we would have in the Word of God. So I don't know about you, whatever you've been through, God didn't take it away because he needed you to get through it so you would boast about him. So this morning I'm asking you, if you need workman's comp, stand this morning. Anybody that needs the compensation of God's grace for your particular situation, you need compensation. You need God's power in your weakness. You've begged. You've asked. 
Now God wants to give you the grace to see what he can do through this situation. There's going to be an outcome that you're going to boast about. And it's going to be about God. All right? Everybody stood. Okay, I guess you all need to be compensated by the grace of God. (laughs) So let me pray for you and those of you at home. God, you are worthy of every praise, of every song. We will boast in you, Jesus. God, there are things in my life that I thought were complete failures. And I thought you messed up. I thought you forgot about me. I thought you didn't hear my prayers. But with time and listening to you, I've recognized your grace was the only thing that sustained us through it, sustained me through it. And now I boast in your love. You're a good father. You don't remedy every situation to my need. You pour out grace so that I boast of your excellency. So with a heart, Lord God, for this message, I ask that you would meet each person's need here this morning. They've been begging. I'm praying that you will answer with a grace that is so sufficient to give them strength and courage to come through this thing with a boast, with a praise for what you can do. We're not going to shrink back, not in this hour. I pray for a boldness on this people of God. This church is unique with a boldness. It's got an apostolic calling and a prophetic utterance in it. You are a people who are to touch lives. We're no longer dormant. We are active. We are a people who will boast of God's grace. Many of you have been through so many trials, but here you stand. Having done all, you still stand. Now boasting of the grace that got you through, and it's a grace that this world needs to hear about. I ask God to put a fire of boasting in you and a fire of grace that will satisfy your needs right now and that through Christ you will be strong and you will say, His grace is sufficient. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.